You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, where we invite a panel of experts each week to hear about their incredible journey and career paths. On today's show, we're chatting with Ali Herji. Ali is an accountant who helps secure his clients' financial future by keeping their hard-earned dollars in their pockets and helping them find money they didn't know they even had. This week's show is brought to you by Define Styles. I'm Fatima Al-Sayed, your talk show host. Make sure to tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section below. Hi, Ali. How are you? Assalamu alaikum. I'm good. How are you? Good. Doing well. Um, so your official title is CPA Tax Consultancy, correct? That's right. So, okay. um, so a CPA is a certified public accountant. Mm-hmm. It's basically an accountant who went through licensing. Um, once you've completed your licensing, you're in essence allowed to pick a field within the accounting profession uh, to specialize. Uh, there are three big fields generally, uh, audit, tax, and advisory along with uh, private accounting and such. Um, So my specialty is tax consulting. Okay. And what do the other two um, involve? So uh, as a student going into school, um, Mm -hmm. you go through a very extensive uh, amount of accounting knowledge. Um, And when you leave school, you have a couple of different paths as to how you can uh, pursue your career. Mm -hmm. So, the, the broad definition of accounting would encompass public accounting, which is working for a public accounting firm. Um, and there are, four of them, there are four large ones in the United States, mm-hmm. and there are several smaller ones. Uh, I work for a mid-sized accounting firm, so I'm in that public space. You okay. could also do private accounting, which is working for corporations uh, and businesses and individuals in a more office setting, uh, doing day-to-day you know, financial statements and books and records and such. Um, so a third private, avenue. Sorry, with private sorry. accounting, you'd be working for the company, doing whatever that company needs, correct? That's right. That's okay. right. So, for instance, if you worked for like a Macy's, for example, mm-hmm. you would be doing um, anything from actually keeping their financial statements updated to just managing cash or just managing their inventory. Various facets of the business are controlled and managed by, or help managed by accountants. Okay, and then public? And public is more, um, you step into the role on the other side. You are mm-hmm. um, verifying what these accountants that work in the private sector mm-hmm. do so that the general public has confidence over their work. So okay. you're very much almost like a, a teacher Mm-hmm. watching over their work and verifying that it is correct and can be relied on by investors and mm-hmm. people um, that want to invest in a company. Okay, makes sense. And you were saying there was a third? Yeah, so the third one is the government, actually, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very interesting place to work. So uh, a lot of folks that work in the government work in two major areas. You can be in compliance, uh, either for the state government or local government. What that means is you are basically working on the tax department side and mm-hmm. you're trying to collect taxes and making sure that businesses comply with the laws of the government. And ever so often you go out there and you check these companies and their tax returns and their ta- uh, compliance. Uh, the other aspect of it is a little bit uh, cooler, I think, as you could work in forensics for the government. Oh. Uh, so, uh, for example, you can work for the FBI. 
and you would be uh, basically investigating cases uh, that would allow you to kind of help the government identify if folks are doing things they shouldn't be doing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so to get into more detail about audit, tax, and advisory, what do these three areas um, include? Like what would people typically be doing on the job? So an auditor basically checks other people's work, um, yeah. but there are different ways of doing that. So accounting is evolving as a profession. When, uh, when uh, it first started, it was very much, you know, books and people just write down a lot of the transactions. It was all manual, right? So it was pre-computers. Mm-hmm. And what auditors did back then was they would take those books and they would just verify those transactions. Make sh- like, for example, if somebody says they made a sale for $100, they would then look for a receipt, match it to their, those books, and that way they would verify the transaction. Mm-hmm. Today, we are coming onto a time where there is all, all, these, sev- all these several um, continuous auditing standards. Basically, what that means is with the advent of blockchain and stuff like that, um, auditing happens continuously. So as companies are processing transactions, as you walk into a store and swipe a card and buy a product, their auditing process is ongoing continuously. So accountants are behind the scenes monitoring mm-hmm. that process and verifying the integrity of the process. So the whole thing culminates in basically generating a set of books and financial statements mm-hmm. that accountants can then use to present to investors. Investors mm-hmm. then look at that and determine if a company is worthy of investing in or if those sales are truly mm-hmm. uh, legitimate and all of that. So that's auditing. Mm-hmm. verifying a, a private company's information. Tax, on the other hand, is com- helping companies and individuals comply with government rules and regulations. So mm-hmm. all of us here in the United States are required to file a tax return. Every time we get paid, money gets taken out of our paychecks for taxes. Is that amount correct? Did the government take too much? Did the government take too little? And so when a tax accountant step in, their job is not only to help individuals and businesses file what we call tax returns back to the government, verifying all their information, but our job, which, which I think is really cool, is helping people find ways on saving those tax dollars. And that's what you do. Two peop- and that's what I do, mm-hmm. exactly. So the consultancy side of tax is what I do. And what I focus my practice on primarily is helping clients find innovative ways of structuring or finding ways of doing something that they're already doing, but in a more tax-efficient manner. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if somebody wants to give charity, is there a smart way of giving charity? Should they just give cash? Should they maybe not give cash and do something different? And it, you know, would it help if they combine their uh, contributions? Would it not? So all these different factors depend on the client and their individual other factors and mm-hmm. all of that combined makes for a good tax strategy. So we look at the financial side, their, their personal finances, and the tax laws and combine the two. And then advisory? Uh, advisory actually is a little bit more unique. Advisory is kind of a standalone uh, in the sense that it is exactly what it sounds like, advice. So companies kind of bring on accountants to be able to address a particular avenue that they are looking to get more light about. So let's, for example, they're trying to perfect a process or um, install a new process into an area. Let's say, for example, somebody is going in 
and trying to do uh, credit card swipes on a, on a boat somewhere. So what is the best way for a customer to walk into a ship and swipe their credit card somewhere so that all those transactions are recorded? Advisory folks will go in and help that cruise line, for example, structure their entire credit card system and make sure that the company gets what it needs, records are maintained, and customers have a seamless experience. So all of that is kind of part of advisory. Very unique and constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thank you for the very thorough. And I think this is amazing for people who really want to get into this. How did you get into this? So, um, so I'm actually a third generation accountant. Uh, oh, wow. Growing, uh, my grand, yeah, my grandfather was an accountant. Uh, he used to work for the government um, back in Zanzibar, in Africa. Uh, my dad's an accountant as well. Uh, he has worked for a bunch of companies. Uh, most recently, he has been working with uh, a school in Tanzania, which is pretty cool. Um, and I was a third generation. So growing up, I was already exposed to either accountancy all the time or medicine because I have a bunch of folks in my family who are doctors mm-hmm. as well. And uh, you know, coming to the United States, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I was undecided. Uh, but, uh, you know, once I started studying here, the amount of technology that's coming into the profession of accounting makes what was once a very boring career, I'd say, mm-hmm. pretty exciting. And that evolution has changed a lot. Uh, since when I got into accounting, you know, computers had already taken over and, you know, everything was already being done via the internet and stuff. And now what's, what's coming in is artificial intelligence. So accounting is basically working with folks like uh, IBM Watson to be able to provide clients and customers with a better accounting and uh, uh, financial statement experience. So you weren't always, um, like you didn't always know that you wanted to go into accounting? No, not at all, actually. Um, so I, I, I happened to just step into an accounting class here um, mm. at, in my first year. And uh, just watching the professor leverage technology in the way he taught uh, in the classroom and just having, you know, spreadsheets on one, uh, uh, you know, slide deck and uh, textbook on the other and just kind of, you know, using that to interact with the students was pretty amazing. And uh, we, we, we always got our assignments online and it was, it was a very cool use of technology mm-hmm. uh, and that basically is how accounting is trending. It, it goes very well in hand with technology. As, as technology gets more advanced, accountants have to keep up simply because um, if they are not at the, at the forefront of technological change, then they become redundant and they're not able to service many of the companies that are moving towards the technological change. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad still works in accounting till this day? Yes, yes, he still works in accounting. He is now, like I said, working for a school. He's private. Mm-hmm. Um, so he enjoys doing uh, the financial statements and making sure the records are kept accurately and folks are paid on time and uh, vendors are paid on time and so on and so forth. So it's more of a private accounting mm-hmm. setting, um, but just like, having that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you feel like that. there's a difference um, in the way your dad did his job and the way that you do your job now? Oh, absolutely. Um, and the reason why I say that is... Um, when my dad did accounting, it was, it was a more straightforward way of doing it. You got transactions, you recorded them, you translated that into a balance sheet or an income statement, and that was it. It was done. Now, accountants are tasked with 
looking at that balance sheet and saying, well, does this truly represent what the company is, is worth today? You know, mm-hmm. it just because it shows it has $100 million of cash, does it truly mean that they have $100 million of cash? Or is there something more that the numbers are trying to tell us? So our job today is not just to get those numbers on a piece of paper, but to try to figure out what story those numbers are trying to tell us. Mm. And that is valuable information because if you're able to decipher that, you're able to then make very good decisions as to, you know, do you want to lend to this corporation or do you want to hire, do you have the ability to hire more employees or can we launch a new product line and so on and so forth. What are the uh, educational requirements to land a job? So accounting has um, has gotten a little bit more stringent. When I graduated, um, you needed a bachelor's in accounting to be able to uh, sit for your CPA exam. Um, today, that requirement has jumped up to a master's. So mm-hmm. once you get your master's, so you have to go through four years of undergrad and then one more year of your master's. And so once you have five years of 150 credits, um, you then apply to sit for the CPA exam. Uh, what The CPA exam consists of four parts. Um, and there's tax and audit um, and uh, uh, business law and all of that. And once you pass those four areas, you are then licensed to be a certified public accountant. Uh, you need to then work for a public accounting firm or a public accountant for at least one year, and then you get your official license in the mail. And then you can train other folks coming in from into the profession. That was when you were in school. Uh, no, that is what it currently okay, is now. now. When I was in right, what I when I was in school, it was a little bit different. So you finished your bachelor's, you sat for the same exam, four parts, um, mm-hmm. and the exam, which I thought is also very cool, is very interactive. It the exam changes as you take it. So as as you do well, the exam tends to get harder, and oh, as okay. you do not so well, the exam kind of gets easier. And it's very unique method of scoring that they have in the examination. So. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, so like I said, technology is everywhere in this profession, and so it sometimes feels more like a, a technological job than it does an accounting job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I basically passed the exam, and my time, I had to do two years of uh, experience, and that had to be an audit. Um, so I started my career in audit. I did mm-hmm. that for a couple of years. I got my license, and then I switched over to tax. So why did uh, the requirements become more difficult? Uh, so um, with the change in all these new um, te- technologies as well as um, newer methods of uh, financial reporting and uh, you know uh, tax reporting, um, a lot of the accounting societies that run this across the country, um, every state has its own accounting society, uh, decided that they needed students to have more um, knowledge, more information at their fingertips, and that four years of school wasn't providing that to them. Um, so they wanted them to have a little bit more education in, in technology and mm-hmm. in how um, uh, systems were designed. And when I went to school, one of the classes that we actually had to take was IT information, uh, system design. You know, I, like, I had to learn how to build like databases and stuff like that. And simply because they wanted you to understand that, because if you are on the other side of the equation, and you are verifying that those databases were correct, you had to have some sort of insight as to how they were built to begin with. Um, So uh, that has just grown. And so as as a result of that, the education requirement has also grown with it. 
So now folks have to go five years of school, four exams, and then they can become a CPA. Mm -hmm. Now, usually um, the straightforward thing in any job is finish school, get an internship, get a job. Is that how it is in accounting? Yes, very much so. Um, as a matter of fact, internships is a very large part of this industry. Uh, so what typically happens is the first two years in accounting, uh, you get to do all your basic classes. And here in the United States, we have some gen eds and uh, uh, classes like that that you take as part of your four-year curriculum. By junior year, which is your third year, uh, you start to then interview with accounting firms. Uh, those, they typically come on campus all the time. Um, and they're always looking for new students to fill their pipeline uh, because, you know, the newest uh, uh, students will have the most um, uh, connection with technology because, you know, folks have grown up with the iPhone and, and uh, Siri and all of that. And so with that technological brain that they have, the accounting firms constantly want to keep that pipeline fresh. So they constantly come on campus to recruit for students. So by junior year, you're very, very much able to land an internship uh, with one of these accounting firms. And it's a good thing to do. It'll give a student um, an insight into the profession. And at the same time, it will allow for the firms to be able to evaluate the student's strengths, uh, whether they are a better fit for audit, for tax, or for advisory, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, that way then the student can, when they go back and finish the next year or two years, they're able to then focus a little bit more when they pick their special classes um, on what area they think they find of interest. And once you graduate, typically the firm that you internship with, um, they will typically give you an offer upon graduation. Would you recommend that students go into um, their internship in a public or private setting? I would strongly recommend they do it in a public setting. And the reason why I say that is most folks will tell you in accounting, if you can make it in public, you can definitely make it in private. And so it's def it's more difficult. It's rigorous. The hours are a little bit longer, and mm -hmm. they're what we call busy seasons. But if you are able to see all of that up front and, and internalize that, uh, then you are not surprised when you jump into the profession, and that kind of comes as your everyday lifestyle, and you're not totally unaware. Uh, whereas the private accounting side is a little bit more relaxed. It allows folks to do more of a 9-to-5 schedule. Um, uh, but at the same time, there's a little bit of redundancy there because sometimes you can continuously be doing the same thing day in, day out. Public accounting is always shifting because of your client base. So uh, I would strongly recommend folks do public um, uh, internships. And then once they uh, graduate, they have the option of going either or. Where are there more opportunities available? So in today's day and age, Opportunities are everywhere. Um, they use, when the market typically constricts, so right now we're in a good economic cycle, uh, there are jobs both on the private side and on the public side. But when the market cycle is a little bit tighter, um, there is definitely more opportunity in public accounting than there is in private. Because private firms generally tend to slash budgets at that time, and so there isn't so much hiring going on. But mm -hmm. public accounting firms, no matter what the economy is doing, they always tend to need people. and uh, so that, that's always uh, a good opportunity for folks coming out in school, no matter what the, what the economy is doing. What's the busiest time for accountants? So um, I'll tell you my experience. So okay. I am, I'm a tax accountant. We get, uh, we get into busy season several times during the year. 
so I start to get busy about mid-February and uh, go all the way through mid-April. So it's about a two-month span. Um, and then again, I start to get be- uh, busy mid-August uh, all the way through mid-October. Um, and during those busy times, uh, our typical days look like we get in. I, I prefer to get in during busy season, get in a little bit early. Um, I'll get in at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, I'm there normally till like sometimes 7. 7 becomes 9 as you get closer to the deadline. 9 becomes 11. Um, and sometimes that goes past midnight. Uh, but you try to minimize that as best mm-hmm. you can. Um, and again, you know, a lot of it is based on how diligently you work how information is flowing to you from your clients and your uh, team members. And uh, some you can control all factors, but you can control your own work ethic. And you try to do that as best you can and uh, try to, you know, get your work done and get out of there. Have the hours decreased with the increase of technology? Uh, actually, it's gone the opposite way. Uh, one oh, really? would think that technology came in and, and, and uh, made it easier. But now what's happening is with technology, we are able to do things we probably weren't able to do before. Uh, so like I was mentioning earlier, this continuous auditing where you have somebody who is constantly checking every transaction that a company is doing. Um, that never used to happen before. Folks used to take all the transactions, they would pick a few, they would test them out, they would make sure that they were correct. And if, uh, you know, uh, five out of 10 were correct, then we assume the other five were always correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with technology, we're testing all 10 of these transactions. And so as accountants now, we have a lot more data points that we can, we can look at. Um, and so our work has, in a way, increased, but at, at the same time, it has evolved. Now okay. we don't look at it so much as testing, we look at it more as analysis. Mm. And now you take your work home as well. Um, I do if I have to. Uh, okay. I'm very much a proponent of trying to get it done in the office. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like to get, uh, I like to do that is because um, you typically have resources around you in the office that you may not have at home. So like I mentioned, a lot of what I do is consulting uh, within taxation. So consulting requires folks putting their heads together and thinking through uh, tax strategies and the company's unique situation to be able to give them the most optimal um, uh, steps to take mm-hmm. to be able to reduce their taxes. So when you have people around you that you can bounce ideas on or you're able to get to the li- uh, to our tax library, we have a tax library in the office, which has a bunch of resources, those things are not normally available to you at home. Uh, so it's more advantageous, at least in my opinion, to be in the office. Having said that, though, with technology, we are, we are able to take our work practically anywhere. Uh, you could be working on a beach somewhere, and that's happened to folks. You know, they had to go on vacation, but there was a major project going on. And so they took their computer with them on vacation, logged in a couple of times, and uh, they got their project completed. Um, and you can do it from home. I mean, we have several folks we work with that uh, are working parents, and they need to leave early to get their kid off their bus or mm-hmm. um, uh, care for an elderly uh, uh, family member. And so they just take their work home. They take their computers. They log on later at night. They get their work done. I mean, it's it's, it's very much uh, project-driven. You just get their work done. It doesn't matter when and how. Okay. Um, so what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to a student right now? Um, I'd, I'd say to uh, a student, as you go in, explore all avenues of your education. Um, don't, uh, don't just, uh, you know, focus on just, you know, you, you walk in, you say, I want to do medicine and I'm just going to 
do my biology classes. At, no, take your accounting classes. Um, take, um, you know, some gen ed classes, maybe in photography or um, art history. You'll be surprised at, at what you learn and what you may, may be more passionate about, just, but you just never that exposure to. So I say to folks, try it all out. Um, the, and those are the years in which you would, uh, you know, you could spend the time. You're young. Spend the time, learn about all these professions. And then most importantly, if you find something you do like, join clubs in your universities that focus in that area. So if you're going to do accounting, join the accounting society. Uh, you know, if you like photography, join the photography club, um, you know. And so that will give you exposure not, to, not only to other folks like yourself who find that particular area interesting, but it will also connect you to folks in industry. And normally these clubs bring in people who are already photographers in their field or are already accountants in their field, and they're mm -hmm. able to share their insight and their tips. And that's very valuable for a student because yeah. it will allow them to then say, hey, this is what I need to do to get from being a student to becoming a professional. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very valuable. Uh, I would explore all those opportunities before deciding on a career path. And what's one thing you wish you would have known before you got into accounting? What I would, what I would have loved to have known is that there were all these different avenues of accounting. So when I was in school, I was mostly exposed to audit and tax. Um, nobody really sat me down and said to me, hey, this is what auditors do. This is what tax people do. It's not just putting numbers in boxes or it's not just putting numbers on a piece of paper. It is actually looking at these numbers and figuring out what do they really mean? You know, how can you tweak them? How can you help people save money? You know, it, make it sound a lot cooler than just putting numbers in boxes because that can <laughs> seem a little bit boring, to be honest, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there is a lot more to a profession, but you will only see that if you work in it, and if somebody had sat me down and said, here's what it truly means to be a tax accountant, I would have probably picked that path a lot earlier than I did in my career. So just that insight from a, from a professional in the field is very valuable. Now, as a Muslim, what has been the most difficult thing for you to navigate in this uh, industry? So... When I started my career, I was in audit, and auditors are normally working at their client side, which is another cool thing about, about accounting. You get to visit a lot of places. So as auditors, we used to travel um, all over the United States. We, some, some of my colleagues traveled internationally, simply because you had to go to Ireland, where the company's headquarters were, to be able to audit that company. So, you know, it's pretty cool. You get, to, as a young professional, you get to fly around and um, you get to stay in all these hotels. I mean, you're mm -hmm. working, yes, but uh, you get to see different parts of the world, different parts yeah. of the country. Um, but one of the challenges I faced in, in moving around uh, was that, you you know, in the, in New York, at least, uh, the, the days get shorter during the wintertime. And, uh, and so as a result of that, right, we are faced with like kaza time for Zohar and Asr becoming during working hours. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a place to pray because by the time I got home, it was too late. And um, in the beginning of my career, I hesitated a lot to ask for a place to pray and I wasn't sure who to approach. Uh, but when I joined my current firm, uh, within the first two weeks, I, I went into my HR manager and I said, listen, I, I need to practice my faith. I need a place just for 10, 15 minutes. I just want to pray. And and they were like very accommodating. They said to me, 
hey, listen, take the tax library. Um, just, mm-hmm. just put it in there. So I started doing that, and that was that was fine. Um, but over time, what happened was, uh, you know, folks needed to use the space as well. You know, it was actually a workspace, and it was a library, and and so they realized that it was disruptive to me, and you know, it it prevented other folks from coming into the uh, the Zach library. Mm-hmm. So the firm did two things: they established a, a meditation room, meditation slash prayer room, especially for staff members who could reserve that room for a chunk of time, and mm-hmm go in and say their prayers or meditate or, just, oh. you know, just take a moment to themselves, you know. Um, and uh, what they also did was they rolled out training, uh, which incorporated religious tolerance, uh, which mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that folks around the firm uh, understood, you know, that people needed their space and that that part of who they are and uh, that needs to be respected. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, that those two things happened. Uh, you know, I've, I've definitely been a benefactor of having that room there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's made my life easier. And it's so important to not shy away from asking for those things because those things are essentials in in your life. And employers are willing to uh, make the necessary adjustments to to make sure that you're you are uh, comfortable in their workplace yeah. Uh, yeah. because they know that if you're not happy, you will leave, or mm-hmm. if you're not happy. Uh, that, uh, you know, maybe your work product will suffer or you're not going to be able to provide great client service because you're, you're distracted by something that's not keeping you happy. So they want to make sure that you are as um, well-rested and, you know, you don't have concerns that, that they can easily address so that then you can then focus on productivity and, uh, you know, helping your clients. Yeah, exactly. Do you have anything final you'd like to say before we end the conversation? Um, so what I what I say to to people is is this: uh, if you find anything uh, in a profession exciting and interesting, uh, make sure you get out there into the field. Uh, do an internship, do a mentorship, um, maybe even shadow someone for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. See what they do, um, then decide whether that's your career. Um, and that I, and I think that's that's critical. And even if you decide you want to go into a career and you say, hey, I want to do this, I want to become an accountant. Great, do it. Become an accountant. If you decide later that no, I don't want to do this because this is not what I thought it was going to be. Well, you know what? Your profession always has other avenues. Mm-hmm. Of of you could become an accounting professor. Maybe teaching is your true passion. <laughs> Just simply because you're an accountant doesn't mean you can't become an accounting professor. There's actually mm-hmm. a shortage of that. So there are different avenues in which you can go to. You can go into healthcare accounting. You can go into forensics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much to do within your profession. So don't ever feel that um, you know, you're um, trapped in what you do. Explore avenues. Thank you so much, Ali, for sharing your career path with Thank us and for teaching us. Oh, absolutely. This was great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. You were just listening to the UMentor talk show. If you miss this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk shows. And while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you want to reach out to today's speaker or speakers from any of our previous shows to ask these professionals any questions you may have, please visit our online platform at umojaoutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups. Or just visit the UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. Thank you for listening to our panel today on Facebook Live. Make sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 for another panel of more great speakers. You can always catch up on SoundCloud, 
iTunes, or our podcast. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Ali.